0: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: I would like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wandri and Bunurang people of the Kulin Nations, the traditional custodians of the land on which we stand today. I would like to pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Hey there. My name is Jane.
0: My name is Kurt.
1: And this is Made You Look. A podcast where we make each other watch episodes of our favourite TV shows and then try and figure out why we like the things that we like. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, it's a bit fun. Uh, I thought it would be more painful than it was, but last week was quite nice.
1: Last week was okay. I really tempered my... Um,
0: <laughs> disdain?
1: My disdain and and really wanted to focus on what it was that you liked. <laughs> so, And we might need to do that again this week. Yeah, I'm curious to
0: see where this is going to go, actually. Yeah. I, I don't... It's still something that I'm processing. Okay. Um, But what did you make me watch this week, Jane?
1: I made you watch Jeopardy. (laughs) And I said it in the Scottish accent. Um, Not because I have a good Scottish accent, but because I want you all to understand I'm not talking about the game show Jeopardy, Mm. which has been running in the States for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. But the... The BBC slash Australian co-production...
0: Oh, another co-production.
1: Jeopardy TV yeah. show. Yeah. Um, uh, we didn't mention up top, we are doing kids shows this season, which is oh, why yes. we're talking about Jeopardy, which is a show that's really designed for, you know, older children, younger teens.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm curious because... I've never heard about
1: this. Never heard of it. Never heard really? about this. Okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, maybe I when I heard the term Jeopardy, people may have been referring to this, but I was thinking about the exact other thing that you
1: were yeah, talking about. Yeah, right. No, so I mean, that's interesting to me because this is not one that y- it, it was too early for you. No,
0: this is right in the time that I would have been watching. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's it's you know you would have been like ten when this came out. Well. I don't think I saw it in 2002. I think I saw it a few years later in reruns.
0: Wait, what did it um, air on? ABC. That's why I didn't watch it.
1: Did you not watch ABC? It's not that
0: I didn't watch ABC. It's that we had trouble getting ABC reception in our house. If it was raining, the other channels would be kind of down. I remember you saying this. Sometimes
1: you'd go out with the hose. Yeah,
0: and dad would put the sprinkler on it.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, the days of analogue TV. Uh,
1: Yeah, obviously you needed some more conduction because water (laughs) helps conduct things. Anyway, so yeah, it was on ABC. So if you didn't get ABC or you had trouble getting ABC, that makes sense. This show, it came out in 2002, as Mm. I said, and ran for three seasons. It is uh, a bit of a co-pro between a production company in the UK called Walk Clemens, and and CBC CBBC, which is Children's BBC Scotland, ah. and an Australian production company called Southern Star Entertainment, which is quite well known. It filmed uh, it filmed in Australia. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there were some parts in Scotland that were filmed in Scotland, but right. most of the show is filmed in Australia. Um, reports vary on where it was filmed. It's meant to be set in the Blue Mountains. And sometimes it said that it was maybe sometimes filmed in the Blue Mountains, but maybe it was sometimes filmed in the Gold Coast. And also one report says that it was filmed in Busselton, which is in West Australia. So I'm not really too sure where it was actually made, Mm. but um, basically it was... I can't get any word on how, like, quote unquote, successful it was. I think it was more successful in Scotland,
0: right? Than I it guess was that here. makes sense why it got three seasons because that's something that surprised me when yeah. we were just talking about it. It didn't strike me as the show that might be super successful.
1: I mean, three seasons is not bad, and no, I think that's it, quite good. It must have been quite event television in um in Scotland because what they actually did is at the end of the season. Of all three series, I should say, they filmed three endings and they called them the happy ending, the spooky ending, the surprising ending, Ooh. and they had the viewers vote on which ending they wanted. Oh,
0: wow. That's cool. Yeah. That's so they, quite cool.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that was in 2005. So that was like quite early in this whole like interactive TV type oh, thing. Oh, yeah,
0: yes. People voting for Australian Idol and whatnot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they the first time they did it, um, the on the first run of, of episodes... They play the spooky ending. That was the one that went out. And then in the first lot of reruns, they also did it again where you could vote for your ending. Oh, that's And sick. they got a different one, so that was the happy ending.
0: So it wasn't necessarily that other people knew the different endings were out there, but they could get another chance to see them again. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. And
1: apparently nobody's ever seen the surprising ending. It oh. just, you know, it lives off in You in know, the, the cutting ether. room floor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean... It's quite a quite a good show, I think, but we can talk more about that. That's all the production history that I really have. None of the names of the kind of creators, producers, executive producers were really familiar to me. Um, one of them definitely worked on a lot, has worked on a lot of stuff, a lot of soaps. but yeah, it's mostly British people on the production team as opposed to Australian, mm-hmm.
0: right. So
1: I'd say that's probably why they don't seem super familiar.
0: And I mean, I was seeing in the Wikipedia article that it's saying influenced by Blair Witch Project, but I'm just oh, like, yes. it's, it's just it's it's just the camera thing. Yeah, but was, remember the
1: camera thing was
0: that that made it big. Yeah.
1: yeah, so that was like they definitely took inspiration from that. Nobody had really done found footage
0: for a kids show.
1: Well, I'm just saying, like before the Blair Witch Project, oh yeah, this whole thing of like let's use handheld cameras and just do. I mean, Blair, which is different because it's entirely found footage. Yes. But this, the the, half the kind of idea of this generally was that you would think that after these guys were abducted or went missing or whatever it is, that, you know, somebody would find their tapes. Mm.
0: Um, And that's why the story is continuing. That's why we're hearing the story. That's
1: why we're hearing the story. Even though the whole thing isn't filmed in that way, it's only intercut with that type of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely. Took inspiration and and that was very zeitgeisty at the time. Oh yes, you know, having bits of video diary, you know, side footage type stuff.
0: That's right around the time where YouTube web series started happening. That were a lot of that as well. Two thousand and two.
1: I isn't don't that, know. Isn't that YouTube, isn't that Lonely Girl? Or YouTube, or
0: YouTube was still like two thousand and five. Two thousand four,
1: I think. YouTube launched.
0: When was Lonely Girl?
1: What is Lonely Girl?
0: Uh, Lonely Girl 15. It was a long running like blog series, vlog that like we realized was an acting thing when we, she kind of got uh, like brought into a cult and this whole oh, thing sure. happened. There was a relationship and there was like another vlogger who ended up being her love interest and you could see the storyline happen from different perspectives. Right, uh, right. But that was in 2006. So I'm way off.
1: Yes, you are. <laughs> no, but just is...
0: to show you how much that um, medium, that, that way of doing things had a ripple effect.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. So, yes. All right. That's all I have for production history.
0: Um, Should I
1: get into show text? Yes, please. Okay. So, I gave you um, episodes from the second season. Actually, I'll really quickly talk to you a little bit about how I watched this show. Okay. So, I... This show, obviously, like I said, was on ABC, ABC Kids. I have never really watched the first season of this TV show. Huh. I never saw it when it was on. I think... Because obviously, you know, these shows ran and then they ran in repeats and then they ran in repeats. So the first time I ever watched this show, I'm pretty sure I watched um, the second season first. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think I missed. The th- I think I missed the third season. And then I came back around the next time it was in repeats. And I saw like the last episode of the first season, but I've still never seen all of it and then i watched the second and then the third season and i've never seen the final episode
0: really yeah
1: i've never i've never caught it um I mean, so you could
0: now i mean
1: now that i know it's all on youtube i might have to do that
0: same provider as parallax
1: Ex- yes well that was <laughs> what made me think of it when i was th- when i found silver sun last that's time that's right i saw jeopardy and i was like oh my god i can't believe i haven't thought about jeopardy because i loved this show this
0: show a, a lot about it makes sense why you would have liked uh-huh. it yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah i really like this show anyway and and re-watching it i don't know if i necessarily feel the same way but that's okay that's what we're here to talk about yeah yeah so anyway that that's why i picked something from the second season mm-hmm. because the first season
0: it's not your experience of the show it's not my
1: experience it's not what i feel about the show i mm. feel that this is more the story in the first season as i'll talk about here in the show text Basically, I've given you the rundown of the first season on here. Yeah. Where there's all of this kind of alien-type stuff, but in the end of it, there's no aliens, mm. really. Anyway, show text. Okay. Okay, so the UFOlogy Club at a high school in Falkirk, Scotland, consisting of eight teenagers and their teacher, Mr Simmons, travelled to Australia on a trip to monitor alien activity. They are each given video cameras and told to record everything in case any evidence is found. They were guided by a novice park ranger, Melissa, and were camping in the middle of the bush, ostensibly the Blue Mountains, although I'm pretty sure it's not filmed in the Blue Mountains, when they started experiencing strange paranormal phenomena. This went on for days and days, with Melissa and Mr Simmons seemingly being abducted. The group become more and more paranoid and their radio is cut off from the outside world. Eventually, it turns out not to be aliens at all, but a group of diamond smugglers doing some sort of elaborate scheme involving holding Melissa ransom. Again, I can't tell you the details because I haven't seen this season, so I don't know what the what the <laughs> elaborate scheme actually was. Right. Um, Melissa calls for help on the now unjammed radio, and the kids climb to the top of Paramundi Ridge to wait for the helicopters to rescue them. But the lights of the helicopters split in the sky, and they there's a bright bright flash of light, and they're all abducted. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the group is made up of Lucy, who has dark hair. She's very level-headed, fit, kind of a tomboy, and she has sort of a relationship with Harry. Harry is the blonde, dopey-looking kind of guy. He's the least fit of the group, but at times act as, acts as unofficial leader. Also, he has epilepsy. Yep. Chrissy has blonde hair. She only came along on the trip to flirt with Simon, and she was a stereotyp- stereotypically shallow girl but has been through a lot on this trip. Simon is the skinny douchebag, light brown, duck, slash kind of blonde hair, captain of the football team, definitely the guy who would push someone else in front of the trolley to save himself if we're talking about the trolley problem. That's not
0: quite how the trolley problem works, but sure.
1: He would find a way to make that work. He's very (laughs) self-centered. Yes. Shona has red hair, kind and emotional. She has first aid training and generally wants to help people. Leon is the African English guy who has a different accent to everybody else. He came on the trip for the ladies but he's actually developed this like on off relationship with Shona. I say that because he literally says that in yeah, the first episode. As
0: soon as I heard him talking I was like I can picture you saying this. It's
1: like because I watched the first episode to try and decide what I was going to get. Oh yeah right. And then I was like I don't know anything about this first season so I skipped forward to here. Yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah nice. He spends a lot of time talking about like the ladies and like their nightlife like.
0: Of rural Australia? Yeah
1: he was like guys what are we doing? Why are we all asleep? We should be out partying. They're like it's we're in the bush. We're here to monitor... Ail- Just go away. Anyway, and then David and Sarah, who are the two main UFO believers in the group. More on them in the Epitex. Yes. Uh, I gave you...
0: Episodes three and four. Episodes
1: Season two, episodes three and four. I'm fairly certain there are no names of episodes, so I can't give you any names. Mm-hmm. So although the first season ended with the group getting abducted, the second season actually starts with them being rescued by authorities and taken to a detention facility, not as prisoners, supposedly, but just as a place to hold them while they're debriefed from their experiences. They're happy at first to be back in civilization, but David and Sarah seem to be missing, and they see Mr Simmons briefly, but he is raving about being abducted, so is taken away. They also discover that it is a day later than it should be, meaning that they somehow lost 24 whole hours. Mm. There is a strange set of young twin girls behaving weirdly there. The head of the facility, Helen Stanich, tells them that their friends are just in hospital having gotten injured in the rescue, but the group realise that they're being bugged and that Stanich is lying about David and Sarah being okay, so they escape, perhaps too easily... They buy a combi van to aid in getting away, not really having much of a plan. They have also been having strange visions and flashes, sometimes seeing David or Sarah talking to them. And that's it. That brings us to your recap of these two episodes, which look rather long.
0: There's a lot that happens and I wasn't sure how to summarise because as I was taking the notes down, I was like... Is this going to be important in the next episode? Um, So I'm just going to quickly go over my notes. And for the listeners, it will be no time at all. But hopefully it will be a little bit shorter um, uh, than it currently is. Okay, no worries. That didn't work at all. I ended up actually adding about a sentence.
1: Well...
0: (laughs) Here we go. Recap. Okay. For episode three. A police officer pulls over the gang and after some heavy tension she gives them back one of their bank cards who mistakenly left it behind at the petrol station and they're actually off scot-free despite a little bit of speeding. Regrouping they all decide not to contact their parents now that they're away from everyone and technically free but they shouldn't actually do it until after David and Sarah, the missing members of their team, are found. Restocking their supplies, they head up to the mountain to follow a lead, and they all realise that their watches have simultaneously stopped working before they set up camp. The girls at night are wondering about the visions that they've been having, but then all get freaked out by some lights that the girls saw out there. Harry is scratched by something on their hike up the mountain, but Shona doesn't actually want to deal with all the first aid responsibility anymore, and Lucy is surprised. They recognize the location um, on the Blue Mountains or wherever this hiking location is that they are um, from their visions. Um, That could be a clue to uh, David and Sarah's location. But Simon is not convinced about this alien possibility of missing 24-hour period. They stumble upon broken copter pieces and another camping site and suspicious items um, that seem to belong to David, including some coordinates. Some... Floating Force is constantly watching them from above. Uh, That just happens. It does, Uh, Kind of just all the time birds I view. Um, I'm not going to mention it because it just happens. Mm -hmm. Um, It's building a sense of uh, suspense, I suppose.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: Or attempting to. They find themselves actually back at the facility, chasing the coordinates uh, and the convenient clues actually left behind in a dumpster, Um, A document that happened to miss the Shredder, despite all the other Shredder documents, that actually shows that this uh, government force, or whatever they are, know more than they're letting on, and that Sarah and David are, in fact, lost. Great. Episode four. Simon is in disbelief when the others are freaking out, and Shona suggests that they've all changed, even maybe biologically, after the missing 24 hours. Harry didn't get infected from his scratch, nor needed his epilepsy medication. Um, The next day, they can't find Simon, actually, and they can only see some of his belongings and retreat to the van with one less person. Leon makes the remark that reminds them that Simon was actually inside the van when he went missing while they were sleeping outside in the tents. They scream and run out to find strange sticks and arrows and circle formations on the ground. But it was all just some practical joke that Simon did to get them to lighten up, and they're pretty pissy with him, despite that he's bearing donuts. Harry suspects that Simon has changed somewhat too, and as it was pointed out, he didn't actually have his wallet or bag to go and buy breakfast. Simon just passes it off that he had spare change in his wallet, in his pocket. He confesses this all to, you know, a video diary with the cameras, and it seems that Simon has maybe lost more of a sense of responsibility and becoming more brash, I wasn't sure. And something could have happened to him last night that he doesn't want to talk about. Lucy accidentally interrupts, uh, him so they can just be sweet together. Shona says that even...
1: Are you talking about Harry? I was
0: talking about Harry, okay. sorry. that's yeah. all right. I was like, i Harry was talking about Simon.
1: Right. In the video
0: confessional, how he's lost more of his responsibility and... Sure. He looks different and maybe something happened to him that he yeah. doesn't want to talk about. Sure, sure. And then, um, yes, Lucy came in. Um, Shona says that even though uh, the taped together documents, they've put all these threaded documents together, uh, pointing them in a direction uh, might be all too convenient, but they agree it's worth trying. At first it seems like the town is abandoned um, and they quickly become suspicious of the local shop owner who emerges but find, uh, and f- find where to find this Ed guy who might know about what happened on that night, the missing 24 hours and the helicopters. Shona freaks out seeing these freaky twins step out into traffic and smiling, but they're not actually there as the camera recording suggests. But uh, from discovering uh, the farm that Ed is on, they realize Ed is actually Edwina, who believes in strange life and has seen bizarre lights. She calls the min and a helicopter going by. The government states that it was just bizarre military... Not bizarre, but standard run-of-the-mill military exercises at Region 51. Keep going. Out on the back veranda, Edwina gives them some astronomy fun and discusses the stars in the sky, including the twins of Gemini, and eventually reveals that she actually has twin grandchildren um, and that they are the exact people that Shona's been having visions about. They stay uh, at the night on the farm despite um, the potential Stranger Danger because they don't want to continue roughing it in the butch. In the butch? In the bush.
1: In the butch. (laughs) Um,
0: And the creepy shop owner actually earlier notified people in the last episode um, that they had arrived when they came into the town. Uh, And so this morning, unfortunately, he actually contacts Edwina saying that they're coming. And then cars are coming and... Uh, the kids all get freaked out, but then Edwina tells them to just hide their combi van in the shed and stay out of sight. And they don't know who to trust or what to happen, but they hide, and the government-looking individuals dressed in black approach inches away from the door. They're behind. Lucy can't hold back a sneeze and Chrissy. lets one... Damn it. Chrissy can't hold back her sneeze and lets one out. And that's what the episode ends.
1: Correct. Yeah. Okay. Reactions, I suppose? Reactions, please.
0: Not gonna lie, I first got really excited and thought Jeopardy was like a kids game show, and I was reminded of Go Go Stop. Not sure if anyone remembers that from, uh, like, early 2000s, late 90s Australian game show with, you know, kids from schools. Anyway, it's not that. Okay, this is a lot more intense than I was expecting. I think I need to read that, um... Show and epitext a little bit more again. <laughs> and start this again. This looks visions and believe and what? Okay. And here's our reason why this season and adventure will continue. They can't contact their parents in terms of what, just an awkward situation, not being able to tell them what's happened to the other two people, wouldn't their assistance be helpful in locating the other two people now that they can't trust a government source or something acting like it where they are currently? Hmm. This kid with the baseball bat, cricket bat, wait, yeah, Australian, looks very familiar to me. He could have been like a little brother on something like Parallax or maybe, I don't know. Hmm. I'm debating him in particular because it seems like he's not actually a natural figure but a supporting character that just shows up for no reason. When maybe he throws a little bit of humor in his little stature. Mm, Not relevant. Okay. Wait, I should focus. Okay. Remember what's going on. Okay. Shona getting first aid shit. I don't understand why someone else just can't take a look at it. I know. I mean. It's not like it's a really difficult thing to deal with. You put some antiseptic on a scratch. Maybe cover it up if it's bleeding. Okay, this is probably going to be relevant to something coming up. Like, they're different now because of the visions? But like, she's had a behavioural change in terms of not wanting to help people anymore? Wasn't that, like, part of her shtick? She's, they're changing as people? Simon still seems like a bit of a douchebag, and I don't think that's changed. Okay, I don't really know what's going on here, and it seems like it's always going to be something that looks like aliens, but isn't very um, X-Files without the movies. I keep realising that I haven't, like, written down anything about the clearly kind of UFO-looking static uh, surveillance image from above. You know the bird's eye view of the kids or the van? should probably write that down. It's not convincing. It's too shaky and trying to look like it's a UFO uh, that it makes me think it's not. I will say that uh, while his attempt was decent, Simon shouldn't have used the arrow sticks. Um, because only the circle has that kind of spherical curve shape you always see with how people expect alien lifeforms or ships to appear. Um, you know, square, rectangular is more man-made kind of angle structures. So, so I'm drop the ball a little bit there, but I don't know why everyone thinks that you've been, like, brainwashed or did something sass. Region 51. Okay, look, I like Edwina's little ruffle of the hair and being a cool, badass chick on a horse, but... Region 51. Mm. Children's show cut, children's show cut, children show cut. Oh, on the back veranda. Oh, so Aussie, love it. Oh, it's nice. It seems like nothing happened. They had no reason to freak out about it. I mean, it is awfully trusting, I suppose, but yes, better than camping. And there's that natural sense to trust older people. It's, oh, oh no, the shop owner has contacted her. Oh no. Well, spoke too soon. Did she say, like, shit? Oh, oh no, she's gonna sneeze. Really? Really? And sneeze. Okay, oh Jane, that's not fair. I don't even like this show. I think at all, but now I really want to watch the next episode. Okay, that was too annoyingly kids' TV show cliffhanger.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, that wasn't that wasn't fair. Lucky I had things to do, so I couldn't just accidentally binge-watch Jeopardy because. I'm oddly intrigued.
1: Uh-huh, okay. But
0: I, I'm, I'm like 90% sure it's not aliens. <laughs> but given there are three endings, maybe it could be aliens, I don't know. Um, I don't think it's aliens in this case. I'm not sure if it builds something else. I don't really care. I know you're not going to tell me Jane's got this look on her face that she I mean, wants I me can. to watch. I mean, I I don't mind. Oh, yeah, it's no, like, no.
1: Do you think you actually are not in- intrigued enough to watch it or do you just kind of want to know?
0: I'm going to watch the next episode. Okay. I'm going to watch the next episode and be like...
1: I'm here to tell you every time you think you're just going to watch the next episode and get the answers... It's going to end on
0: the same cliffhanger? Yes. that so, be like, something's
1: going to happen and you know, also we
0: don't really know what's happening. You
1: know how last week I said that like both shows... A kind of deal with this like heavily oh, serialised, yes. very cliffhanger-y type thing.
0: Don't really um, finish a plot line in one episode at all, just keeps going on to the next and the uh-huh. next and all the information is kind of relevant as you continue on to try and piece it together.
1: Correct. So this one, perhaps not as much as yours.
0: Yeah, but the problem with mine is that most of the content is also just action sequences um, that sap up a lot of the time as well. So you don't get as many of those details pouring through. Whereas this, I was struggling to like, wait, is this important? Should I write this down? Should I write this down? Oh, what? What? I had to go back a little bit because, to be honest, I wasn't great with the accents.
1: Mm, right.
0: <laughs> um, like, just
1: understanding yeah, them?
0: Yeah, just understanding them. Yeah, right. Um, but, I don't know, maybe the Irish train-announcing lady has helped me get a little bit better.
1: So, these guys are Scottish.
0: Damn it! Yeah, I, I always offend people when I say that.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, less between Ireland and Scotland and more between England and and those two. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah. never call an Irish person or an English per- or a Scottish person English. I don't know how
0: people can confuse those two, but.
1: What do you mean?
0: So, oh, oh yeah. I guess I guess how see. People like if couldn't... you don't know the
1: difference, like there's you know there's a, a gamut of. Oh yeah. English accents. So I'm pretty sure, in fact, that Simon was not Scottish. I'm pretty sure he's Northern English. Yeah. Leon's not Scottish. Yeah. So you know.
0: Yeah, it seemed like an eclectic mix anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, moving between places within the UK, obviously. So, you know, it makes sense that they wouldn't all, but you know.
0: Also, I was going to ask the question, but then I realised that earlier you said you don't really know the first season at all. Give it a go. They go on a school trip to investigate alien activity in a country on the other side of the world?
1: Yeah, I imagine it's an expensive school trip. I admit the the beginning premise is a little <laughs>
0: far fetched,
1: sketchy, um, hilariously because I said I just watched the first episode, yeah, um, which I'd never seen before. Which
0: means you would have actual context on this. I
1: have a, I had a little bit of context, um, and there's some stuff that doesn't like make sense at all. For example, Shona's parents don't know that she's on a UFO trip; they think she's on a geography trip,
0: which actually makes more sense.
1: Which would make more sense, but also. Like, when they leave for the trip, she's wearing a great big shirt that says, like, UFO. <laughs> like, and and also, like, at some point, they would have had to sign a permission slip yeah. that said, we give permission for your child to travel with the UFOlogy group. Mm. Like, there's just some stuff that doesn't, like, quite add up. And, and, you know, they talk a lot about how, you know, this this area of Australia has had, like, a significant number of,
0: Bizarre sightings. Bizarre sightings. Yeah. It's
1: very, very well known for that, and so that's why they're going to check it out there. Um, I do kind of wish that they'd said like we got a grant to yes, go do this. Yeah, just
0: something. Or in regards to there's this interesting rock type that's been found there, or a species of slug or something. I don't know. But then, but you know, we will also love the UFOs, and we could secretly do that while we're on this other, yeah, like exchange trip.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's a little bit far fetched that you would send eight. Scottish teenagers out into the forest, into the bush, really, just to look for aliens. Yeah. But, you know, the initial premise is a little bit hokey, but the rest of it within that I think is fine.
0: Yeah. 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 No, no, no. They they do a pretty good job uh, as an ensemble. Yeah. Yeah. So I I will say that definitely off the bat. I was absolutely just blasted with imagery in the recap to start this off and the visions and I was just like, what's going on? Is this more supernatural than I realised? It likes to play with this concept of supernatural or, I guess, extraterrestrial, obviously, quite a bit. No, I don't want to ask that question because it's potentially spoilery. I'm just I'm just curious. I at... could just
1: give you the answers. If you're no, not sure, you I... want to sit through it and watch it. I could just give you the answers.
0: No, no, no. I I, I don't want to get there so early in the podcast okay, uh, because, all right. you know, listeners might. Who knows? But there's also just this fact of um, it feeling a lot like... It's all too convenient. It's all too well yes. placed. It's... But they're even commenting on it. And the yes. fact that they're commenting on it is hanging such a lantern on it mm. that it makes me just think, well, it's not.
1: Well, it's not what?
0: Aliens.
1: Right. Sorry, first of all, I just need to apologise for the construction sounds happening outside of our building right now. I don't know what's going on. We don't normally have, they don't normally work on Sundays.
0: No, the, I, I go past construction sites all the time on Sundays. I never see them working. No,
1: really weird. Anyway, so sorry about the, like, hammering sounds out there. But I think, like, the it's all too convenient stuff is very specifically placed. It's and not just not just to hang a lantern on it because it's lazy writing, mm. it does play into the plot a lot. Yeah. Just because it, they are doing government conspiracy type stuff does not also mean that they aren't also doing alien conspiracy right. type stuff. So I just want you to have that in your mind. They're
0: two different possibilities. They're
1: two you know, things that probably play into each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's X-Files, you know? Yeah. There's always government and alien conspiracies both alongside each other and playing against each other yes yes. so it's it it is possible that both things could be true
0: right 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 right. um
1: and i think that playing with that tension of is it real is it fake what's a true story and what isn't is definitely part of what i find intrigue i found intriguing about the show it was you know trying to work out what's true and what isn't what You know, are they just, have they just lost their minds? Are they just traumatized? Or are they actually seeing these visions? Yeah. You know?
0: That's the thing that's... Quite confusing to me, but because I'm introduced to them already having them, Mm. um, they're still fresh, but they're not like experiencing for the first time.
1: Well, remembering you're watching this, the pretty much the same way that I watched it. Yeah, right. I didn't have season one. Yeah, right. So I came into the show having no idea that at the end of the first season there were not really aliens.
0: Because the thing that bothered me a little bit, uh, looking back on it now, and then looking again at the show and epitext and uh, my recaps, is that part of the things they say in the vision is, like, you've got to believe or something that um, whatever Sarah? David
1: and Sarah. Yeah, yeah. that
0: are saying. And uh, they're the big UFO believers of Mm. the group, and they're no longer there. So Shona and all these people kind of pushing the possibilities onto Simon is probably meant to feel a little bit more of a tonal change to them kind of being more open to this idea. So they're all UFO people. Some of them are just doing it for different motivations and reasons. Maybe they believe in it, maybe they don't, but the ones who were super fanatic and legit believed it are gone and now these people are more they're, into
1: it? They're a little more sceptical. So, And they've always been a little bit more sceptical. Yeah. Um, so they were the kind of the ones that were... I mean, again, I don't actually know but they were like during the first season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But none of them are the kind of let's immediately jump to aliens people. Yeah. You know, they have an interest in UFOlogy. They're kind of... Some of them believe more than others that this could be a possibility but none of them are like, you know... It's 1000% aliens and everybody else needs to, Mm. you know, go away. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of like, and especially since they just had this experience where they thought they were experiencing alien phenomena and it turned out to be diamond smugglers. Yeah. So they've just had this whole alien thing kind of disproven to them. Mm. So of course they're not going to be super quick to believe it straight away. Um, and and so that's I think kind of what they're playing with here is kind of going, it would be silly if everybody was immediately like, It's aliens, it's aliens. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And and that's not really realistic for us to be able to follow. I kind of wish there was somebody who was just standing there, being like, "Yes, it's aliens."
0: Well, I think that probably may have been David and Sarah's roles. In well, yeah, the first that season.
1: was that was. But I mean, I think at this point, it would make sense if one of them at least was like
0: a bit more, a
1: bit more. Although they, you know, I think they, that's
0: what's happening.
1: There are they. Most of them are entertaining the possibility at this uh, stage, especially
0: with the twenty-four hour gap and the visions.
1: Exactly. So you've got particularly like Chrissy is pretty much like, you know, this is. Pretty freaking weird, and like, what else explains
0: it? What else
1: explains the fact that we lost twenty-four hours? Yeah, and I, I, in a way, I kind of wish that that Simon, who's the biggest naysayer Mm -hmm, at this point, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was making more logical arguments. I mean, if I were them, I would just say like, you know, the 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 traumatic experience we had before that, maybe we got confused as to which day it was. Maybe we just lost track of the days and. But what all
0: we... of them simultaneously losing track know, of the I know, I know, That's not the best logical reason, but I get I know, what you're saying. but like,
1: I, I just, like, nobody's trying to make that logical, mm. le- logic leap.
0: Yeah, and... the unfortunate thing is that you've got, um, Simon is, is, is meant to be kind of like a ba- bit of a bad boy dynamic. Yeah. Um, so he's not going to be the one who's going to draw, I guess, the, the best conclusions. He's what, the football captain, quarterback kind of situation. Yeah, but he's,
1: he's not dumb either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Kind of what I like about the show is that none of them are dumb.
0: None of them are like stuck to a certain um, archetype.
1: Yeah, I think if anything, Chrissy and Simon fall within particular archetypes the strongest. Mm -hmm. But they do spend, like already we've seen Chrissy kind of overcoming that.
0: And there was a really bizarre look on Simon's face when he got in the van that night when they were changing positions, going back and shaking shifts or whatever with the sleeping back into the tent and why Harry is suspicious of maybe something happened that he didn't want to talk about, why he was skittish when he came back from the groceries with the donuts Mm. when he didn't have his wallet. And um, I I, I was quite intrigued by that because I was like, there's something else to you, Simon, isn't there? But then I was like, well, I don't know Actually,
1: there's something I should have put in the epitext that might have helped you there.
0: I kind of think I liked not knowing.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Because that, that was kind of more of the intriguing aspect when I was seeing it in the characters for me because, you know, when other things were happening, they were kind of expressing all of our thoughts. Yeah. It's fine to do that, especially it's a kid's show. It's good to have people think about these other ways that they could mm. be talking about it. But it does also mean even though we're trying to use doll's eyes and rose-coloured glasses, we're repeating information a little bit.
1: They do repeat information more than I like.
0: I mean, uh, not going to lie, I appreciated it sometimes, so I didn't have to go back and double-check what I heard, because I was like, I think they're going to just say this in the next two minutes. Yeah. It it did mean that um, I was more into the moments when things weren't being said, Mm. and there was more of this intrigue of, we don't know what kind of was happening. Almost... This is not the right analogy, but I'm only saying it because it was twins walking in front of traffic that disappeared and they smiled at us. It's almost a little David Lynchian. <laughs> like a little.
1: Just a touch. A tiny bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm, I'm just
0: struggling for another good analogy.
1: I think they're definitely playing with that whole, like, let's make things as odd as we can just to highlight how. Um, unusual these circumstances are, which is a very David Lynch thing to do. Is just go like, let's just add some weird shit in to show that this isn't normal.
0: Like even just like the drinks that the shop owner brings out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're, yeah, they're gross and... Green. G- green, and neon. Um, yeah, they're definitely, and every like, you think about every character they come by in a shop, is kind of weird. Yeah. You've got the weird little kid with the cricket bat, and then you've got the weird shop owner with the thing. It looks like a major hippie. Even the police officer is, you know, kind of a little bit off and they're like, Well why did she why didn't she give us a
0: ticket for speeding. Ticket for
1: speeding and you know and they play that off as, you know, well it's because Harry was having a joke, but it's like, is it because Harry was flirting with her? Mm. Or is it actually because there's something else going on here?
0: I did enjoy the fact of good one, Uncle Ed, once they got to the farm. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay, yeah, no, no, this this is nice because it shows you quickly thinking on your feet can sometimes work and sometimes not. Yeah. Um, and that was quite interesting when I was connecting it a little bit more in terms of, okay, wait, so he knows they're not whatever. I know it's they're part of maybe something else that is maybe a, a little, not rebellion organization, but maybe some sort of people that believe in something different mm. that are, you know, trying to figure out things away from government prying eyes. And so I'm figuring it's some sort of underground group and because they have walkie-talkies. Uh, I figure I'm pretty on the money there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can't
1: really remember the specifics <laughs> of, of their... Organizing. Of their
0: connections. Yeah. But I, I do appreciate just throwing those little things out there. And that's one of the reasons why I put it in my recap because um, hearing the strange situation around the twins and then being uh, directed to the Gemini twins in the star signs, and I'm like... What are you getting? Ooh. So it was kind of like in the it's the second episode made me a bit more interested because it was giving me a lot of information, sometimes repeated information, but yeah. then little bits of other things that weren't related, yeah, and and didn't seem like they're connected, and I'm like is this connected? And then it made me kind of want to research what the heavenly twins were and I couldn't remember their names or whatever for fucking else. But um, like actually look into the star signs a little bit more in terms of what the scales of Libra are and all this sort of nonsense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's... Um,
1: I, th- I think that's one of the reasons why I picked these two episodes. So like full disclosure, I didn't rewatch the whole second season to try and find a good episode. Yeah, no, no, that's because fine. Because I also was kind of like, I remember that this show isn't as episodic Mm. As I generally like my shows to be, it's very cliffhangery, and so trying to actually work out where the good stuff happens could be happening over three to four episodes. Yeah, similar to what the problem that you had last week of mm. trying to find those those really excellent bits. Also, there's some stuff later on in the season with some kind of problematic depictions of um, First Nations Australian people. Right. Um, Not the worst I've ever seen, but definitely not something that I think you would get past in 2000. In this
0: time, would they still be um, putting a disclaimer up? About what? Um, Featuring um, people uh, who may have died?
1: Well, only if people who may have died. Huh? Well, for
0: Indigenous Australians to be shown on Yeah, yeah, but only
1: if they've died. But you only is... put that notice up if if the person thing you're showing But I thought they
0: started is... doing it now more because of reruns and things that happen later and they will have died at some point.
1: They, I don't think so.
0: Oh, they don't do it proactively?
1: I don't think they do it ahead of time. Oh. I think they, you know, if somebody has died, they would put that right. in some, okay. As far as I'm aware. I don't okay. know for sure. Hmm. But um, they, yeah, I think they would have done that if that were the case, yeah. but they don't do it proactively. Oh, right. And okay. they definitely didn't then, if they do now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no. <laughs> but um, No,
0: I, I, it's just interesting because uh, they're, they're still showing a decent... Uh, decent elements of Australiana.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for a show that's made by Scottish people, yeah. it's pretty Australian.
0: Yeah, and like the way the the police officer talks to someone, you know, that's pretty run of the mill.
1: Yeah, but I it mean, it was a little. Uh, that I may think not it was be that cultural. Odd. That may just be.
0: Oh yeah, I suppose. Like the
1: way that police officers speak Work.
0: everywhere.
1: <laughs> I think like the the Australian performances. Yes, that's. What I, I always think I'm wonder to. if. Um, I, I don't know how exactly this worked, but if it's being written by Scottish people or British people, I kind of wonder if they had a chance for Australian actors to read it out and go like, eh.
0: And just tweak it.
1: And just tweak it, yeah. you know, whether or not they would know the word veranda versus porch, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, veranda, it's not, I don't think it's strictly Australian, but it's a very Australian term. Yeah,
0: and it's poor. used so much. Exactly. Um, And like, I just, it's something that I, I, I don't enjoy hearing enough because... More often these days, our very Australian words are replaced with words that are more neutral across different countries. I
1: mean,
0: sometimes that's a
1: generalization. That is
0: a generalization. But for when you got shows that are trying to, you know, make it in in, in America. What and Australian
1: starts, TV shows are you trying? To, are you watching?
0: I I've been watch. You're skipping ahead to the end of the episode, Shane.
1: Okay. Well, we can. We'll we'll
0: travel back. We'll circle back. Okay. Yeah, I was definitely just a little perplexed at what. I was watching even though I kind of knew <laughs> um, like in the, the first genre episode. Or yeah, the... I guess. I trying to figure out what, what the tone of the show was going to be.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and in the second episode I, I, I got more into the swing of it and was kind of a little on board with the mystery boxing.
1: Yeah. Because
0: th- mystery th- boxing is a little troublesome at times.
1: Yeah, and I think that this show can struggle with that. Yeah. I think it sets up a lot of things and then towards the end sometimes it drops some of them. As far again, having not actually seen the last episode, um, but you know what happens. But I know what happens. I have read like you know the episode synopsis for it, yeah, and and obviously I read about the endings so the different kinds of mm-hmm, endings mm-hmm, that they would mm-hmm, have had. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do think they do struggle a little bit with mystery boxing, but they're they're sort of trying to build that kind of a tone. Yeah, I think that they I think that it's difficult. I actually think they did a pretty good job yeah. at trying to create. A mystery box show that isn't too complicated for kids to follow but does have the feeling of the suspense and that wants to bring you back week to week. Not And partly for the character journeys because I think you, they've built a really good cast of characters that you do want to follow. So there's stuff to watch week to week. Mm. But also the long-term mysteries or journeys are complex, just complex enough to follow without without getting lost and also to be interesting yeah nothing joins up exactly one to one it's all kind of a little bit fluid and loosey-goosey which is what you need to have if you're going to set red herrings or you know to have twists
0: and not necessarily have a full plan throughout not knowing how long the series might run Totally. Yes. because that's a very important issue especially your children shows
1: yeah 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 so i think You know, potentially at the end of the second season I don't know if they knew they were going to get a third so that's you know why I think they almost wrote themselves into a corner that they had to kind of do some manoeuvres to get themselves out of for
0: the beginning of season three
1: for the beginning of season three but then they do something and each season is very distinctive too like Mm. each season has a very you know kind of self-contained storyline it's
0: like Veronica Mars it's got an overrunning big
1: mystery yeah and they all feed into each other so you know the stuff that happened in the first season particularly toward the end does play a little bit into this one you know we, we do learn about David and Sarah even though they're not characters anymore what they did what they believed what they had their belongings it all plays into this season mm. and then in the third season although that's kind of differently focused they're focused on this other problem that has emerged. But it emerged because of what happened at the end of the second right, season. Okay. So it's all it all plays into each other quite nicely. There are a few things that just get lost yeah. along the way. I yeah. think there's some stuff with these twin girls that doesn't pay quite off. pay off or add up entirely. Especially when you know what they do at the end and you're kind of like, so I see why the twins were significant, but I don't know how. Or, yeah. Like, I see how they're thematically relevant, but, like, how did they as characters actually contribute to this plot? Do they? Did you know what you were doing with them or did you just throw them in to be creepy and, and, you know, get run over by trucks and not get hurt, like...
0: Yeah, I I... It's a fine balance. I appreciate it. Not every piece of information needs to be relevant. Mm. You know, uh, you, you do want to have some red herrings. You don't want to have to explain everything away. Mm. Um, so I do, a, I, but I'm not sure of how much of that is intentional or how much of that is, you know, catching up, which trying I think to is write I, yourselves out of stuff. Which
1: is why I think they do the clever thing of hanging a lampshade on how easy everything was and having that opportunity to say like, we could just be hanging a lampshade on this because we wrote it badly. Or this could play into the greater mystery that they escaped too easily. And
0: maybe we won't tell you.
1: And maybe we won't tell you. It is that they escaped too easily. We know that because the episode before this, as they're escaping, Stanich sees them escaping. And he's like, okay, off they go. And doesn't try and stop them. Mm -hmm. So like, I know that, you actually don't know that yet, but we know as the audience, that their escape was too easy. And so it's good that they oh. highlight it.
0: So the audience is not um, one step ahead of them, kind of necessarily.
1: Well, the audience is a little bit ahead of them because mm-hmm. they, they know that the escape was too easy. They know, I as a viewer, know that Stanich let them go.
0: Oh yeah, but not trying to keep the actual characters too far behind the audience by having them repeat. Exactly. Oh, it probably seems too easy, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So we do have them hang in a lampshade so that we're not, yeah. Yelling at them going that was too easy yeah don't get like they acknowledge that they don't know what that means yet we similarly don't know what that means yet so i think that they have a pretty good balance while also knowing that it's a lot more simplistic than if this tv show were made for adults yeah um and i think most of that comes through in probably like dialogue the repetition bit Thinking of production a, costs a bit of production costs uh, there's a few i didn't give you any of these but there's a few like character beats where i'm like they've had to make a weird jump because it's time to have a lighter almost comedic scene and and just to break the tension and to kind of be a little bit more dynamic potentially mm. so like even though they were all just standing there worrying about what happened to david and sarah as soon as Sunich says like it's fine you're going home tomorrow Leon goes, woohoo, and jumps in the pool, and then they they all get happy. I'm like, that doesn't really track from a character point of view, because it doesn't seem like you would just, like, let go of all your worries and jump back into the pool. But I get you're trying to, like, do a fun pool party sequence. So, like, (laughs) there are times where I'm like, ah, you Mm. guys are trying to serve too many masters here. Yeah. Um, You're trying to do fun road trip moments or, like, little relationship bits where I'm like, you guys shouldn't be worried about relationships right now, you know? (laughs) Shota does a, a video entry where she's going, you know, this is all very stressful, we're running from the authorities, we don't know where David and Sarah or Mr. Simmons are, and also Leon hasn't spoken to me all day, what am I meant to do about that? I'm like, are you really gonna be worried about that right now? Is that what we're concerned about? Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's definitely some writing stuff where I'm like, this is a kid's show and they weren't thinking too hard about it, which is disappointing to me because, you know, that stuff matters. Mm. Like, that stuff should track. There's more subtle ways to do that. And you guys could have done it, but whether it's, you know, time for writing or just going, oh, our audience of kids, they won't worry about that. Is a little bit like disappointing. Yeah. From a show that I remembered really liking. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean. But you obviously, know, I didn't
1: pick it up at the time, so maybe that's the point. Yeah,
0: and that's the thing. I think this would do really well for people like you and me at at a younger age. At that time. Yeah. Um, I think I would have loved this show. Um, I was super, as soon as the YouTubing thing happened, I went on to all of these web series things whenever I could. As soon as the computer lab opened in school, I would be there at lunchtime sometimes. Mm. Not because I didn't have friends, I had friends, just letting you know. Um, also it's okay if you don't have friends and spend lunchtime in the computer room, um, playing Sonic or watching random YouTube web series videos.
1: Or researching the Salem Witch Trials.
0: Oh. (laughs) Um, but, um... I did do that at one point. Uh, that definitely was more high school.
1: That was 1,000% what I did in high school.
0: I was just super into, like, these sort of camcorder, like, more found footage, kind of feeling more realistic and gritty, but at an age level that wasn't necessarily for adults. Yeah. Uh, and it was super interesting to me because I was starting to get quite interested in filmmaking itself. Mm. Um, and so because it has such a amateur-grade look to it, it was something I always find accessible as something that could, maybe I could make something like this, and then I would get to imagine and and be excited about the possibility of it. Not to mention the fact that when you have that sort of thing, it automatically makes something feel just a little bit more realistic, as long as the acting can support it.
1: Yeah, and the acting in the show is... Generally supporting it. Generally pretty fine, you know. Considering you've got a group of, what, 16-year-olds? Who
0: are from different countries,
1: Well, I mean, they're all from the UK. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think that... I think it's hard to find a group of really good 16-year-old actors.
0: Oh, yeah. I forget that it's not just the matter of chemistry between actors, but also the fact that there have to be decent actors at that age. Yeah, exactly. And normally you get one or two who are
1: good. Yeah. (laughs) And, And the good thing about... the In terms of chemistry, it's okay if they weren't, like... If they didn't all have immediate chemistry because none of these characters were really close friends before the start of the series. That's they good point. They were all in the UFOlogy club together, but they weren't, like, besties. Mm. You know, really only Lucy and Sarah were best friends. Everyone else was kind of like, eh. And now Sarah's not even here. So. And so that's
0: one of the reasons why Lucy's the one who were often seeing the visions of Sarah directly to... Yeah,
1: she's not the only one.
0: No, no, no. They're, they're all commenting on it, and you do see I think other mothers having it. I think but... it's
1: interesting you see Lucy is very much like... No, we have to think, like everyone else is kind of thinking about various different things at different times. And Sarah, uh, Lucy is always like, but what about David and Sarah? Yeah. She's the one who will not let them forget that they are missing two members of their group. Pretty, pretty important. Pretty important. And Mr. Simmons, um, who sometimes I call him Jerry, sometimes I call him Mr. Simmons. Right,
0: okay. Yeah. And yeah. they have mentioned Jerry Yeah, at some point. yeah. And I was like, that's <laughs> fine.
1: Yeah. It, it, I think it's good. All the characters are distinctive. Mm. All the characters.
0: uh, I'm going to say exactly what I said last week or what you said last week. Because it's a little more serialised, it's definitely got that element of I don't really know what Leon is like yeah, um, because of the limited screen time he had in these episodes. Or, um, okay, so Shona is interested in this but now she's changed and she's not. Um, Like, you know, sure, there's... I was struggling a little bit with this big thing. We're different. Something has changed about us in, in the last 24 hours. I was like, but I didn't see you before.
1: Well, I... You didn't see similarly, them before I either. I didn't see them before um, either. But I'm glad
0: I, you included the fact that he had epilepsy. Because I was like, medication? Wait, what?
1: Yeah. No. He, he, yeah, I think although you didn't see them beforehand, so we don't get to see the difference in their characters, the way that they talk about it... Yeah is enough to to... give you that sense. Yeah, and it doesn't feel cheated. It's not as um, organic as it would normally have been, but again, you think about it's a serialized story, but they were only releasing them week to week initially. Mm, mm. So it's really hard to think, like serialized storytelling is really hard to do when you're releasing week to week, Particularly when it's for kids, and you have to remember, like, remind them the stuff that happened. Right. So I think that's why it's a little inelegant. Mm. I'm not necessarily saying that that's an excuse, because I think obviously it can be done better.
0: Yeah, and I mean we've talked about this on other cartoon or kids shows a bunch in terms of you know just lazy writing. Yeah. A bit too expository. This is not necessarily lazy. This is trying to support the age group that it's targeted at. It's
1: trying to support. I, I think it. I think it was you know. A little, I think they overdid it a bit.
0: Yeah, they I don't, did. I think
1: it's laziness. I just think that they overdid it a little bit. They were a little bit too on the nose with all of this. Like, we've changed, we've changed. Instead of just having, like, smaller call-outs of behaviours that are unusual, mm. which would have given you the same thing. I a, think,
0: and a bit more subtle. Yeah, um, I mean, I
1: think that you probably do have to eventually get to a point where somebody says, like, yo, we're all different.
0: Why is that?
1: (laughs) Why is that? But it did seem a little bit ham-fisted at that particular moment to do it then and there. Yeah. But, you know, I Um, get what they're going for.
0: Yeah, So, but I I will say that even though we think they overdid it, not by much.
1: Not by much. And
0: I think that could have easily been a capacity because this is something that a lot of children's shows really struggle with. And I think it's often as something that higher-ups are probably pushing down on the creation of this sort of thing for Hmm. because it's like... This is too complicated, how are kids going to understand this?
1: Yeah, whereas I jumped into the show at the age of what, maybe 13? Mm. Into the second season, not knowing what happened in the first, and I was fine. Yeah. But is that because they reiterate and explain Yeah, and help you. Like, was that actually necessary for me? Yeah. So maybe they did make the right call, it's just frustrating for us as adults to see because it's not aimed at us yeah, yeah, and it's not meant to be watched and binged and watched episode after episode.
0: Where you get the information again and then again in a different way but exactly. then again in a smaller way because we already know and we want to new information now.
1: Totally. It's just more repetitive than it needs to be but that's because it wasn't watched
0: okay, in this
1: way by these people.
0: Well, rating.
1: Rating. Do you want me to try and talk about why I like this show first? I always
0: forget if we do that and then rating. Oh,
1: uh, we go we go different <laughs> different ways.
0: It's a good time to make me solidify my decision, I suppose. But Yes. Um, you've given me a few reasons, but can you try and figure it out in one sentence?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think the main reason I like this show is that it felt serious and... Serious kind of, for
0: a kid's show. Kind
1: of, but I'm saying as a kid when I watched it. Oh, yeah, yeah. As a kid when I watched it, it felt serious and epic in a way that I always like my storytelling to be. Epic in scale, but... um,
0: Personal. Personal
1: in character. Mm. So I think that's... I think that's a kind of storytelling that I do tend to gravitate toward, is what are ordinary people like when...
0: Something this...
1: Something massive happens. How does that change you? Whether that's because you literally got abducted by aliens and they probed you and changed you, or whether it's just... We've been on this deep, intense journey together and how does that reflect in us and reflect us upon other people and, and you know, what does that trauma do to us? The kind of paranoia and how that works in a group context, seeing people's... Yeah, mob sus- mentality. Suspecting each other, that kind of thing. I just find all of those to be really crunchy character spaces to investigate mm. and also it has... Um, complex mystery which I also love but not complex mystery that I can't also work out and you know how much I love following breadcrumbs
0: yeah yeah so the only thing is this is one of those shows where I feel like uh, once you get to understand what it is for example maybe in season one diamond cyclist again you don't know you haven't seen it um I'm worried that it's going to be impossible for us to get to that conclusion it's going to be a different story or for us to like you couldn't have guessed it even if you had all the pieces. That's the thing that um, I'm just concerned about.
1: i trying to remember how the second season ends and if that's the case. I think it's not as beautifully laid out <laughs> as every mystery I've ever seen. I think it's a little more simplistic and there is some stuff that kind of has led you down the wrong path or that they've focused on earlier on that isn't as important as you thought it was gonna be. Mm. But all in all, I'm pretty sure- You
0: could piece it together i I'm just worried there's integral it, information they won't find out till the last or second last episode. It's not
1: that you could piece it together, but it is that everything does add up.
0: And does oh, that make okay, sense? yeah, that makes sense. Like, it makes sense. It's not that you
1: would have guessed it early, but, but
0: once you know, once you know it, more things make sense.
1: Things kind of fall into place. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is I think there is like that, one or two kind of big revelations at the end where you're like, oh, I really didn't see that coming, and I couldn't have seen that coming, but now that I know that these things do, they do relate mm. into this, just differently to how I thought they were going to. Yeah. That kind of thing. That's so,
0: that's that's quite a merit. Yeah. Because that's still... Not every,
1: and like I said, not everything. I'm not saying it's the best mystery.
0: No, but I also, I enjoy it when there are some weird details, like, like I will say they're a bit much if they're constantly being a thing that pops in and out without explanation. Um, But I I do like kind of odd things like twins. Like maybe for this show, not right. Um, But having a couple of odd elements because people are just weird. Yeah. Let's, let's let's think a little bit about just they're in a completely different country. Then also taking on different um, ways uh, that you know Australians socialise with each other. Um, you know this uh, different attitude. You've also got a bush outback dynamic uh, yeah. as opposed Yeah. I mean to the city. fact that they're
1: just in a, they're in an uh, an alien environment. Exactly. And they're just trying to kind of get by and.
0: So there will be lots of little things that anyone could look at that could think could be suspicious or headed towards a particular direction. But it's just. Not purposely a red herring, but extra information that's intriguing but not important. Mm. It's kind of tantalizing. It's it's a tease. Yeah. Um. And I don't mind that we get teasers that don't pay off because they build the world a little bit. And I
1: do mind when we get teasers that don't pay off. Teasers that I help? said a
0: bit. If if you don't, do you think everything needs? You do like it when almost everything is because your writing needs to be I, efficient.
1: I don't like kitsch for the sake of kitsch it's why i have trouble with david lynch properties because i don't like it when things are just weird for the sake of them
0: but the thing is it's not what i'm saying i'm not saying weird for the sake of weird i'm saying weird to make you think of something else but is establishing a tone and a pace but i guess i'm still kind of saying that if, if if it's if it's if it's adding to the world building if it
1: doesn't if it doesn't stand out, yes. if it's not there for no reason other than like, let's make the audience feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Let's make the audience feel uncomfortable because we're going to do this other thing later is different to let's just throw some weird shit in because I don't know what else to do. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I know, I know. You know.
1: So anyway, the point is that's why I like the show. Big epic mystery, small intimate character work. Group dynamic, <laughs> paranoia, something that I just felt was missing from kids' TV at the time. Yeah. Was a serious, it felt like a serious story. Yeah. I don't gravitate toward comedy, I gravitate toward intenseness, <laughs> intensity. Yes. And, and I didn't, there wasn't a lot of that at the time. Mm. So that I think is what I like about the show and what I, I still stand by and think this is a good show for a kids' show.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, even though Parallax has a thing of potentially uh, interfolding universes and domination across uh, the entire uh, multiverse, uh, it never felt epic. Yeah. It, it, it definitely had a tone that is more casual and fun and hippie. I
1: think this show is better than Silver Sun.
0: Yes. I think
1: this show is better than Parallax.
0: Oh, yes. I, I think I agree with that. The problem that I'm drawing on is that I have nostalgia for both of those shows, totally. and I don't have nostalgia for this show. Totally. And we know that nostalgia does play a part in it. Totally. But also, I didn't. I only rated one of those. Yes. I don't remember what I rated. Silver Sun. I think it was probably one.
1: I'd say it was a one. I didn't. Um, I haven't written it down yet.
0: Um, I. I'm gonna give this a two. Really? Yeah. It's. Yes, at the end of the episode, I wanted to watch the next episode, but that was just because of frustrating cliffhanger and serialized yeah. structure um so it's not something i while technically right now i i don't want to binge i just want to watch the next episode and i know it's probably going to make me want to watch the next one but since they're short i probably could get through a couple yeah because i did actually watch a couple of um a lot more parallax after i started looking for an episodes or like, like an episode of silver sun when i was talking to about the friend and um it's kind of relaxing TV yeah as opposed to we do have our background TV but this is something that I want to look at and actually pay more attention to because I'm I like again I'm hoping not weird for the sake of weird and I'm sure probably is the case because, you know, this is a limited budget across two entirely different nations um, in a kids' show being aired in completely different places. So it's amazing that it's actually this decent.
1: Yes. I think, that's, I think that's a big part of also why I have a lot of respect for the show and stand by it. I think they did the best. I Actually, they did really, really well with the resources that they had. What I like about it is that, you know, although they may have had a similar budget to Parallax, It was a lot smarter with how it spent that money yeah they didn't try and do real lots of lots of really big fancy special effects most of their special effects are very um very simple very practical effects and
0: that way they won't be as obviously special effects
1: exactly and so i think in general they were just a lot smarter with where they spent their money that meant that they could probably spend a little bit more on production value. I think the production value of this show, a little bit better than Silver Sun. I mean,
0: the shredded documents and the, the tape together, I mean, how else is that going to look, I suppose? Yeah. It, it just looked a little... Some of the stuff obviously does look a little low-budget at times.
1: But I think it's... it's but not it's okay, to be,
0: because it's also in a rural location. It's, it's
1: literally eight kids in the back of the van. Like, it's not meant to look... Fancy and and shiny. It's meant to look like eight kids in the back of a van.
0: And it's smart by putting it in a bush, so you don't have to do a lot of other production costs. Yeah, for certain things, because most
1: of the sets are people's houses or you know, yeah, the bush, which I mean has its own expenses. Like you know, anytime you take a shoot on site, that that is more expensive because you have to pay people travel and allowances and that and food and catering, not to mention toiletries
0: kind of my yeah you have, to set,
1: you have to set up a site so i think that that's why they spent more money there and didn't focus on the special effects they were going we want this to feel like a big story in the australian outback hmm. so let's spend every episode in the australian outback and i think that that was a cleverer way to spend the money to make the show feel epic yeah because as opposed it... to you know on a fake spaceship set that doesn't look any good
0: again yes it, it doesn't look like a fake forest sound set yeah yeah it's um it's, it's really nice about that and i guess like uh, that's a common thing we've been seeing in some of these australian shows is that while australia might be starting off with a, a, a little bit behind some of the other people doing children's shows or other countries or things like that um it immediately saw the value of its own landscape yes and was like we need to capitalize on this when we can't afford to do something else and maximize the shooting time and uh, then you know go else and do the other things in a different way. Um, and I think that's really fun to see because it also, while it does give a lot of them a similar look because you know how cameras were at that kind of time yeah. and then how lighting was done outside didn't really change too much for yeah. a while. Um, it's, it's nice that they have a kind of a look yeah. for me. Um, maybe that's nostalgia playing into it, kind of like maybe my own memories are like slipping into this weird CPR four x three format. I don't mm. know, but it's it's kind of comforting. Yeah, uh, and that's something that is very personal and specific to us as Australians from the early nineties.
1: Yeah, but there's there's a reason nostalgia exists.
0: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I'm I'm giving it to eyes because it's this conversation has definitely convinced me that it's it's done a pretty good job with what it's got. Yeah. And I I don't normally think that would be something that would make me change a rating, but because I think what I like about this show is it doesn't throw um, answers at you straight away, so the possibilities are always something that's exciting, and seeing that in a kid's show, when you get to theorise and think about what it could mean, while they do give you a lot of information more than once... Um, and then some of it may not be paid off, they're, like, letting you try to figure it out. Mm. And that's quite fun when it's not a simple murder mystery. Yeah. um, When it's something a little bit more complex, when it's maybe a government conspiracy, um, but not being like, oh a government conspiracist. Um, You know, it's verging on that line now with the black man in suits and it's probably going to a little bit, but I think they're doing it in a way that isn't dumbing it down for the audience as much as we're used to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's something I really respect. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's why I'm giving it the two dollars.
1: Great. I'm I'm quite pleased by that. Well, um
0: moving on I guess. Yes. What's been in your eye this week, Jane?
1: Uh in my eye this week is the Netflix series Dracula.
0: Oh, you got around to it, yeah
1: i was I was bored and I'm uh, scrolling, and I decided to give it a go.:
0: Were you surprised at how long the episodes were, or did you already know this
1: uh I, I didn't know didn't hear <laughs> okay just, I knew nothing going in right. so I was okay. like, whatever yeah. I, I, if anything, I was surprised with how short the series was I didn't realize it was only going to be three episodes,
0: yeah, right. You, so you finished it?
1: I finished it. I finished it last night.
0: So, uh, similar to me, like the first two, didn't really like the third? Um...
1: The whole thing was fine.
0: I really didn't like the third.
1: You really didn't like it?
0: I liked the first 20 minutes. And I just didn't... I, it didn't go in the direction I was thinking it was going to go. And the direction it went in, I think, just lost a bit for me. I liked the theory in terms of why he has certain weaknesses, but ultimately, I, I felt that
1: ending was a little weak.
0: It was, and it just—it was building. I don't. It wasn't building. That's the thing. It was trying to kind of each time it was, I don't know.
1: I felt. that... I liked
0: the uh, Helsing character.
1: Yes, I think that. Agatha was interesting, I felt that Zoe was less interesting, which yes. was annoying. I think that just the the connect between this is the reason why you're... what these weaknesses are, this is the reasoning behind your weaknesses, leading to him then deciding that he was ready to die yeah. was just, like, not quite there. It indicated he was a much more... Um, not selfless, but it indicated humane. yeah, it indicated a more humane characterization to him than we had ever seen yeah. before. It wasn't
0: actually there wasn't much evidence to prove that that's a choice that he would make in the future.
1: Exactly, exactly. We I just needed to see a few more hints toward he has. A death wish.
0: Yeah, like the struggle of immortality.
1: Exactly. That was never there. It wasn't there. Other than other than things like I guess there's little bits like he wanted to figure out how to reproduce. You didn't he, want to be
0: alone. He didn't
1: want to be alone. So there was that. But, but that's, that's, a, that's, that's a fear loose. of, that's, if anything, that's a fear of immortality and not a, des- and not a fear of death. Mm. I don't know. It just, that was a little bit disappointing to me and then I didn't like that in the very last minute. As he was drinking her blood he kind of had her like hallucinate a romantic setting for them yeah because i would have much preferred if there was no romantic tension mm-hmm. between sister agatha and dracula that it was really just like an intellectual battle yes. between the two of them yes agree. And i felt like they, they they kind of danced with the ideas earlier on um, and I kind of thought that when they didn't do anything romantic with them that we were done with that and it was kind of more like, Okay, cool, it's just a it's just a cat and mouse game. Cat and mouse. Or even even if there's, you know, a connection that isn't romantic mm. that, you know, makes them both intrigued and and kind of inexplicably drawn to each other, mm-hmm. that's fine. But yeah, the idea that in the end as he's you know, I like, I it's kind of sweet that he didn't want her to feel pain as she was dying, as he was killing her but to kill himself. But I also was like, I just wish that it had been the two of them in a different setting that wasn't, yeah. you know, snuggled up in bed. A little
0: more, not dirty is the word, but...
1: I just didn't want them to be in bed. They yeah. were in bed together yeah. in that final vision. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's not what this relationship ever was. Mm-hmm. That's not what I... That's not what I want Sister Agatha to, to be reduced to, because the whole point of her is that she was, she was more than just a romantic paramour for him. She was somebody who was, who was interested in him as a person, as a theory, as a, you know.
0: And uh, humans became less interesting to me as time went on. Which humans? Humans. I'm saying. Uh, in um, the first episode, I was enjoying the nuns. Yeah. Then I think the the speech definitely went on a little too long because we're all just waiting for him to die. Yeah. Uh, second episode on the boat. Okay, I was also kind of interested, and I was like, Oh, you got this type. You got this type. Oh, gay one, cool. Um, and then the third one, I'm like. Selfie dynamics and, and beauty and representation and and, and social media and and
1: I'm unrequited very, love. I'm very torn on that.
0: Because it, it it's not that I don't think that there's a story or a message there. It's that it didn't feel like it fit in this show. Um It could've, it could have, but it didn't feel like those were the tones that Dracula was kind of what Clustering.
1: what I think the disconnect was is what was it about Lucy? What would I don't think Lucy was as complexly drawn as she needed to be. Yeah, I don't think that they ever really settled on what her um, motivations were. No. What her Kind of personality was she was a bit two dimensional. She was a little bit two dimensional. I think that they were trying to play around with the idea of somebody who has this public image who maybe behind that doesn't feel that way. But they just it was a little bit muddled, mm. and and I didn't understand how that connected to what Dracula was looking for. Yeah, because what Dracula said he was after is that you're the first person who hasn't um, who wanted me. Mm. To do this, to to be this person for them, and I was kind of like, that's interesting.
0: But that's only on the Undracula side.
1: But yeah, but that I don't know why Lucy mm. wants that from you. Is it that she also has a death wish? Is it that she wants to be beautiful forever? Is it the immortality that she's drawn to? Because she also said that she she simultaneously didn't want to be seen by anybody. Yeah. Like, it was just all a bit muddled, the themes in that last episode. And it was kind of frustrating because, yeah, I felt like...
0: I think it was pretty strong production.
1: Yeah. I mean, Moffat. I'm so torn on Moffat.
0: Oh, is that who it was? Yeah, it's right. Stephen Moffat. Who,
1: and he also did Jekyll. So he's very into this whole, like, let's take literary characters and, and twist those stories and what? see them in a modern setting. Yeah. So, and, and Jekyll also similarly... Great for a lot of it. I had some really weird moments that I think fell off toward the end. Mm. So it's always just like...
0: You're not quite there.
1: He's never quite there. And I just don't think his connection or his understanding of female characters has progressed since 1984 when he was writing Linda Day. Linda Day, as you know, one of my favourite characters of all time. But not... Maybe she's the only complex female character that he's ever written, and even then, she's a little bit one-dimensional. Yeah, so it
0: works in her favor. It works
1: in her favor in that particular circumstance. But you've, he's you, you can't
0: have that. Can't be all your female characters.
1: He's never quite nailed it. He didn't nail it with Clara in no. Doctor Who. No, he uh, he did okay with Amy, but again, she was never quite solid enough. Mm. She was always changing they were always changing what her character was to suit the storyline or to suit what the doctor was going through or you know it's just I just want to grab him and shake him and say you write such good stories but like just let just consult with a woman when you're writing them. Yeah so that because you you clearly can't do female perspective and that's okay. I can't write a male perspective to save my life. It's not my experience. I get it it's hard mm. but like recognize that you've received that criticism before and like learn from it and work with a female co-writer instead of continuing to work with i think it's chris chibnall who i also like as a writer but you've got to broaden your horizons a little bit here mate because you're not doing a great job of the ladies
0: good actors though
1: Great actors, great yeah. performances. I love Sister Agatha. I'm not kidding. Oh,
0: and I a loved great her.
1: Great character. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was really Again, strong.
1: he got, he wrote one great character in this thing, <laughs> one great female character at the expense of every other woman, at yeah. the expense of
0: every nun in the 99. every
1: nun and um, oh, Mina yeah. and Lucy, yeah. like yeah. who
0: only got like this much.
1: Exactly, and it's always that kind of. He always writes like exceptional women. Like, I'm there can't not be like a, the other girl. There can't
0: like, be an average woman who's doing exceptional things.
1: Yeah. And he's always like, you know, she's interesting because she's different.
0: Mm. That's, what about the people who are a bit normal?
1: Yeah, but like they ca- even, They have
0: other emotions underneath Not even a bit that. normal,
1: but just, like, there's a spectrum of people. <laughs> and you don't have to show, like, everybody else is normal and then Sister Agatha is amazing. It's just, like, some people are amazing in different ways. Yes. And you, he does that with male characters because that's why, I like, Johnny... Um, Jonathan oh, yeah, Harker. Yeah, 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 Jonathan yeah. Harker, like, he is complex because he even says, you know... I'm a little bit slow, but because I'm a little bit slow, I've learned to listen. Mm. And, so, and, and all of your male characters were like interesting in different ways, and Jack was a little bit stalkery, but he learned from that in the end, and blah blah blah. So there's a spectrum of male characters, but there's only male like female interesting character in Sister Agatha, and then all the other women, yep. who are shallow and simple and blah blah blah. So that's my argument, and that's why Moffat, I really like you. I'm really rooting for you. But, like, just... We watch
0: almost all of your shit.
1: I watch a lot of your shit, but I just can't get past this all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, mm. sorry. That was my Dracula rant that went on longer than I expected. <laughs> it's all right. I've it...
0: wanted to talk to you about it for a little while, so I'm glad we finally got there. I completely What's... agree.
1: What's been in your eye? What Australian TV show has been in your eye?
0: <laughs> um, it's... It's partly Australian. Okay. It's everything's going to be okay.
1: Oh, I really want to watch that. It's
0: actually quite good. Great. Um, it's interesting, so it's the um, spiritual successor to Josh Thomas's Please Like Me. Um, it's not in any way the same uh, series or show or continuation, uh, but Josh Thomas uh, writes, produces and is the central character again. But the thing is, it's it's very similar to Please Like Me in the fact that um, it's it's an ensemble cast. It's not all on Josh. It's not all about him being a gay person or whatever else. The dynamic is quite interesting. It's available on Stan in Australia.
1: Um, oh, I didn't think I realised it was on Stan. It's on Stan. Oh, great. Maybe that and, makes it a lot easier to watch then.
0: And there's six episodes out already.
1: Great. Yes.
0: Um, Which uh, comes to us same day as the U.S. because it's actually set in the U.S. And Mm -hmm. actually the last two seasons of Please Like Me were mostly funded uh, from U.S. um, uh, industries. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's been living there a while and it's fun to just put an Australian in an American setting. Yeah. And it's not a fish out of water experience entirely. It's just those occasional moments of a disconnect, much more in like in real life. Where it's just like you know a Kiwi or a Romanian or whatever else, and they've been around the world, they're they're okay with it. But it's like, oh wait, what? Yeah. There's just occasionally those it's little like, like double take type thing. Um and uh, he is uh thrust into a situation of uh, helping to be the guardian of uh, his two younger half sisters, mm-hmm. uh, one who is autistic, mm-hmm. uh, and one who I think you will love.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Aren't are
1: they both on the aut- autism spectrum?
0: Um. One is is clearly labelled and diagnosed as autistic. Right. The other is probably more of a an awkward girl. Right. Just an awkward, quiet girl getting through life when uh, friendships with girls isn't the easiest thing in high school. Right. Uh, and, you know, then there's also the dynamic of ha- having to date when you've got kind of daughters. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. just...
1: I follow Josh it's Thomas good. on Twitter, so I see lots of clips of the show. I just haven't had I, a chance to watch it yet.
0: I, I I don't look at Twitter as much as I should. But when I saw the episode where he was in drag, I didn't realize Josh Thomas's dra- in drag is something I needed in my life, <laughs> uh, and it was kind of incredible. Yeah, right. Um, but no, the show is very sweet. It's uh, it's very similar style uh, and similar feel. It's it has the same I think or uh, composer or whatever, the the. Da, da, da. You know, the same kind of notes or tones and, that you kind of have in the background score. But what I love about the autistic character is that they're extraordinary um, at the piano. Um, doesn't stop them from trying to do other things, of course. Um, but there are beautiful moments when you can just have her being like needing to get away or needing to get out something, and then just going at it, and then intercutting between her and that, and the dramatic classical music is always so fun. Cool. I, I, it's 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 uh, really good production quality all round on a few things. In the first episode, I think there's only three lines I didn't think fit. Right. Um, so like you know, it's standard level of uh, good comedy. I had other people in the room when they were watching it for the first time yesterday, um, and you know they were laughing, so it was good. Yeah, good. But also they were. Canadian, not American, Um, uh, but you know they were enjoying a lot of the elements around it too. The first episode is uh, a double episode. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I forgot about that and was almost late to a date last night and uh, then it's 20 minutes episodes from that point on. Yeah, Yeah, I really recommend it. It's quite nice, nice little time, but please like me if you haven't seen Please Like Me. Um, I'm not sold on this one yet, Okay. but I'm invested and enjoying it.
1: Great, Yeah. interesting. Well, thank you very much for listening to us this week. Mm. I think that's all we have for you today.
0: Yes, please uh, remember to rate, review, and subscribe.
1: Yep, or um, ca- come like us over on Instagram if you prefer that.
0: At Made You Look Pod. Um, you could also comment anywhere in the app section or review and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, however however you want to engage with us, we're happy with. There's also an email address, at outlook.com. All of those things are in our show notes. Until next week.
0: Mm. Au revoir. Arid voire. Uh, ar- ar- <laughs> ar- arid voire. Arid
1: Arid An arid reservoir <laughs> in the desert. Good.
0: Cool.
1: Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening. See ya. Listening to too much um, buffering the Vampire Slayer because at the end of that They're they say until next week, uh, and they howl at the moon.
0: Oh right, yeah. Because that's
1: how the Buffy yeah, yeah. thing starts. Yeah,
0: woo. yeah, yeah. I remember.
1: Hold up.